0: I want to thank the Women's Caucus again for presenting uh, this as an idea that we might do. And I'm proposing that next year we'll look at how to preside and the next year we'll look at how to respond. And um, since this is probably my 42nd AAR or something like that, um, I've heard a lot of miserable papers. And um, I've actually heard a couple good ones too. Um, But I think that it's a great investment to take some time to think about how to present and how to be here so that it takes away um, both the fear and anxiety, but also adds to the level of discourse. I um, know that there are lots of ways to present at professional meetings, and there are lots of materials on that. I'd like to share a few things uh, today, and then we'll have some time to talk about them. But I think if you plan or hope for a career in academia, I'm thinking of these Yale Div people that just came in and others, um, who are thinking about a career in academia, it's not too early to learn the fundamentals. Please join us at the table. We're, we're purposely sitting together because we knew we would be a small group. Um, it will improve your performance not only at the academy but any other place where you might have to make a presentation like through a police officer or, or um, you know, other scrapes you might get into. Um, but I think that it will also lessen your anxiety and make the AAR-SBL meeting a pleasure, a, a time to come and be with friends, a time to be with colleagues, something to look forward to where you're gonna get helpful feedback on your work, not um, horrible criticism, but helpful feedback and encouragement. And so it's in that uh, spirit that I want to invite you to think a little bit about how it is that we present and how it is we communicate with each other so that you don't dread coming to these meetings as a chore or in the form of torture that goes with being in the work that you're doing. And I say this with a special welcome to those who are newer scholars in the field. Um, we need you and we need you badly to bring both your insights and also your uh, ways of living in the world. So um, with that as a backdrop, I want to focus on presenting at the AAR-SBL meeting made easy. And the reason I want to do that is because this is not like a, you know, AAR-SBL presenting for dummies. This is how to make it easy for yourself and frankly to make it easy for those of us who listen to you. So I want to start with you and I want to invite you to think of a session or a presentation that you loved. Just take a minute and think about a presentation or a session this year already or another time, something you really loved, a really terrific presentation. You wanna present like that person. There's your role model. Or think about one that you didn't like. Maybe one that you gave or you thought you loved. And know for yourself what went right with the first and what went wrong with the other. Give it a minute's thoughts so and we can all get on the same page here. Just give us some thought. Maybe make a note for yourself. A presentation you loved or a presentation you hated? Neither of which could have been your own. Please join us, just pull up a chair. Yeah, let's join here. Something. Now forget it. Forget what you focused on and let's start fresh. Because the presentation you liked is fine, it was great, but you're never going to present like that person unless it was you. You will present in your own way, in your own style, with your own strengths, <coughs> and it will be fine. So don't look for the role model who's going to show you how to present. You are your own role model. Do it your way and you'll be great. Likewise, let go of the time you've bombed. I've bombed, I've bombed bombed more than once. It wasn't that bad to anybody but you. (laughs) This is only the AAR, this is not brain surgery. So if you bombed at the AAR, it's it's not a big deal. You're probably the only one who remembers it anyway. <laughs> I want to tell a little story. Um, many of you, as I did, loved and revered the late, great Katie Geneva Cannon, who passed master of a the woman's theologian of great renown, one of our pioneers and scholars. And you might have heard the story, anybody ever heard the story that she told about her first AAR presentation? I happened to be there um, at her first presentation. It was on abortion, and we were quite young things. And it was many, many years ago. And she, as an African-American woman, was presenting on abortion. And she um, felt an enormous pressure. She didn't just have that kind of first presentation jitters that everybody gets. But she had like a whole weight of every African-American woman who'd ever had an abortion on her shoulders. And um, she stood up. It was in a hotel room. It was a, it was a hotel room, not a, not a convention Please join us at the table. We're up. We kind of We're right here. Um, she, she um, stood up at the podium, and I can still remember it. I, can, I mean, this was probably 30 years ago, but I can still remember it viscerally. And there was a, well, there was a uh, chandelier, one of those grotes- grotesque things that they have, and then there was a pillar that divided half through. It, it was a horrible setting. She got up to the, to the podium and she passed out cold. <laughs> Fainted dead away. Now, of course, today you would have brought the ambulance in 9-11. Somebody handed her some smelling salts. she got off and gave the paper. paper. <laughs> as God is my witness, I was there and she has told she told the story before her and I even um I tell it as an example of what happens especially to women of color with extra pressures. And I submit if Katie King can continue to make her presentation under such circumstances, I can suck up my own errors and gaps and not take myself so seriously. And she told that story about herself in recent years and um, how she felt and What it meant to her to know the pressure she was under, and that's real. And whatever mine is, is pride and um, perfectionism, and certainly not the weight of um, millions of women. And and she got up. I repeat, she got up the day. day. Okay. So with that as a backdrop, I want to focus on the topic and offer my own pointers on how to present the AAR. Mine come from decades of mistakes. And um, I have lost count, to count of how many of these meetings I have attended, but I have sat through professional meetings of other sorts. But the professional meetings are unique in the sense that you um, are bored in ways here that you're never bored um, in daily life. But you're also exhilarated here, I think, in ways that you're not exhilarated in daily life either. The main point is to figure out that you're really trying to communicate, not to show how smart you are how arrogant you have become in graduate school, how ready you are for a tenure-track job. Rather, the point, I think, is to share ideas with people who are interested in them. Get their feedback so as to deepen and broaden one's own ideas. So presenting at the AAR, I'm going to say AAR rather than AAR, SB all the time, but you know what I mean, It's a two-way street. If you don't connect with the audience, there's no communication. You might as well just stay at home. So the quality of the presentation is at least as important as the content, sometimes more. I suggest um, beginning with the uh, Guide for Accessible Presentations from the Status of Women with Disabilities in the Profession Committee. How many people have actually read this? No one. Okay. I've just brought you copies for yourselves. Um, It's on the website, but I think that as in all aspects of society, the common sense and courteous ways in which we make the world safe and welcoming, accessible, and encouraging for people with disabilities are precisely the ways we all need to live. That's precisely it. Think of ramps for wheelchairs, and how nice it is if you're temporarily able-bodied to be able to wheel a suitcase using that ramp, okay? We need to make the so-called accommodations for people with disabilities the norm for all of society. So too for presenting at the AAR and the committee on persons living with disabilities in the profession has put out these guidelines and I don't believe they're well publicized and that's why I'm starting with these this time because I think they will give you some very important hints. That's why we're, by the way, this is being taped and it will be available to the membership this particular session and it's one of the reasons why I also invited us to sit together so that we could all hear. One of the things that's really important about communicating is being able to hear Normally I would stand at the podium at the AER, but it's so nice to be accessible to you here, sitting at the same level, able to look at each other, to talk with each other to watch your reactions. And um, I think this is a a very important way of moving what we have seen as as an exception, that is to say, people with disabilities into the mainstream and saying, yes, these changes need to be made for everyone. So what are they? Technology? Um, well, typeface fonts become very important if you're making a presentation or having a handout. Um, handouts themselves, you that I printed this for you, I apologize to the trees, but not really. I think this is a reason for um, using resources so people will really get them in their hands. Um, describing the visual information rather than assuming that everybody can see. I've just given you a handout about how a presentation. I hope you'll take it, especially take it to places where you might not have had these kinds of considerations in your particular setting. Um, the use of microphones when possible, and being visible again. These are basics for everybody. And so I, I think that technology can be a great help in all of this, but it also can be a hindrance. I'm gonna talk more about that later. But what could be ruder than a PowerPoint with pictures that those in the audience can see and laugh at, as we did in the earlier session here this morning, while well, those who can't see, can't see. So I'm gonna talk more about technology later because the idea here is also to update some of our own thinking about this in terms of technology. Um, and I'm gonna talk about the pros and cons of that. Let me turn to another source here at the AAR. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna offer these materials and then I'm going to um, invite us to conversation. So I'd like to present the materials first and then um, move into conversation. How many of you have ever read Be Brief, Be Witty, Be Seated? Well, some people have read this. Um, Be Brief, Be Witty, Be Seated is um, an article that was written by someone named Mary Hunt some years ago um, <laughs> and was put on the website of the AAR in order to guide how to make a presentation at the AAR. And um, it's, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna um, read through it. I'm simply gonna say that um, it, it remains, if I may say so, and it's been up there for years, rather solid advice and that you could incorporate it, or you could encapsulate it by saying, Keep it short. Whatever you're gonna say, keep it short. Second, that's be brief. Be witty, keep your audience interested. Okay, And by the way, you can eat your lunch while we're here. Please don't um, sit there not eating your lunch if you feel like you'd like to be eating your lunch. And I brought you dad, this handout as well, so you don't even have to take notes. Um, be brief, keep it short. Be witty, keep your, your audience interested. And be seated. And um, be seated really means that if you are given a timeline by your presider, the timeline is real, it is not what you feel like or how long your paper goes, it's real. So if you wanna make an effective presentation, you wanna be brief, you wanna be uh, witty, and you wanna be seated. You need to make your exit in a timely and graceful fashion, but you need to make your exit at the time you're supposed to make your exit. You do not get any slack on that from your audience. And they will resent you, they don't even know that they resent you, but many people will resent when you do that. And you can see that as either sending a note over to the person, that person drones on, and then another note. And I have seen this in um some extremely rude experiences of people taking time that doesn't belong to them and they take it from the rest of us and I think we have to think about it in those terms so that the time frame is real and you can read that later take it home um, how many words and so forth but it's real when you make a presentation I and mean, there are lots of mistakes to be made but most of them have to do with taking too much time or going on endlessly. Or not engaging your audience. They don't even think you're interested in this list So, what I wanted to do was I had said, well I will revise, be brief, be witty, be seated for the digital age. And I'm not thought, I'm not changing the word of this, but what I'll do is I'll update it, and I will ask you to be brief, be witty, be seated, please. And today I'm gonna talk about the please. So I'm I'm, um, debuting please. And please stands for prepare and practice, that's number one. Listen, PL, listen to your audience. Easy, I'm going to give you the handout, you don't have to take notes. You can eat your lunch, I'm going to Please, prepare and practice. Listen to your audience. Go easy on technology. Aim at your particular audience. Stop on time and evaluate your performance. P.L.B.A.S. it's very easy. Well, we'll see. This is the premiere of Please. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see if it works or not. So let me describe Please. And then, as I said, you'll have the handout so you can have it for yourself. But just to think about, it. prepare and practice. Let's start with prepare and practice. This is how you give a paper at the end. Remember that old New York cab joke, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? What's the answer? Practice. practice. Practice, practice. practice. <laughs> this, is a, this is a very American joke, but you know, New York, people come to New York and visiting and they want to go to Carnegie Hall and they say they're a cab driver. How did you get to Carnegie Hall? Yes, practice, practice, practice. Never gets to the address. Um, if you practice, it will not help you unless you prepare. So I say prepare, over-prepare, and prepare some more for an effortless presentation. People say to me, oh, you make these presentations make it look so easy. Yeah, well guess what? I tear my hair for weeks at a time in order to prepare to be worthy of your time. You honor me to listen. Remember Nell Morton, one of the great pioneers of feminist theology, had the famous phrase, we hear each other into speech. Do you know this phrase? Nell Morton, N-E-L-L-E Morton, M-O-R-T-O-N, one of the great pioneers of feminist theology um, taught at Drew and uh, retired at Children's Place in Claremont, was a Christian educator by profession. But she said, we hear each other into speech. In the beginning was not the word. Every lasted time somebody gets up, to the beginning would no, The word did not start, I hate to tell you. In the beginning was hearing. And she did this, um, she came with, up with this phrase on the basis of a women's group, where a woman described, back in the 70s, described her experience of sexual abuse. And she said, The woman said at the end of describing her story, you heard me into speech. And that's exactly what happens. The listening comes first, it's not the word. It's not because I'm talking, it's because you're listening. And that's why you honor me by listening, so I have to prepare. Like if you were coming to my house for dinner, Gabriella's coming for Thanksgiving. I honor her by preparing the meal and the table and thinking about what, so that's what it means to prepare. I once sat on a panel where there were three women speakers, all of whom came with their presentations in triplicate and one man, an arrogant medical doctor, who literally wrote his presentation sitting there on the back of an envelope as we spoke. I would simply say the results were reflected in our respective presentations. Preparing a talk is like painting a wall. The preparation is 95% of the task, just like prepping a wall. you know, when you put that coat of paint on it, it looks nice. That's about 5%. And the same thing with presenting a paper. What you do here at the AR, is 5%. 95% is done before you get here. Again, the results will show. Practicing involves timing yourself. Seeking to abide your content so you know it so well you don't really need the text in front of you. It involves running through the presentation for yourself and maybe some long-suffering friend so as to shake out the nerves in you and the kinks in the presentation. So don't be afraid to practice with a friend. Prepare and practice. Some people talk about writing their AAR papers on the plane or in their hotel room. I would be completely, utterly beside myself. I would prefer to stay home. I would be a worthless wreck as a speaker if I hadn't prepared. Besides, I think it's insulting to the audience not to prepare thoroughly as well for the work you've been invited. So that's practice and prepare. That's please, starting the please. Do you want the please? Great you have to date new um, copies of this. Second is listen to your audience. Did you notice how I started? I started with you. I invited you to get involved. I learned a lot from what you did and said as we went around, and I also learned a lot from you as you sat and listened, thinking about it. I can see some people kind of squirming, oh yes, I did the bomb. oh yes, I did too. I also know that you were interested in engaged once you left the p- previous session behind by making a break. So you gotta do something to get people right here, so that they're right here with you. And I'm still listening as we go, so that in the Q&A I'll be able to at least anticipate some of your questions. And that's why the hearing of the speech becomes so important, to listen to your audience, even if they don't begin the speeches. The third thing I'm gonna talk about is go easy on technology. And um, this is probably the most controversial thing I'm gonna say. There's really the question of In a 10 or 12 or 15 minute presentation, do you need technology? Um, There are two schools of thought on this. One is welcome and come in and grab a chair and join the table. Um, People learn differently, this is the the, the major argument, is people learn differently so the more varied the media for presenting, the better the chance of getting the point across. In so far as PowerPoint, Keynote, Prezi, and other application cousins do that, I think it's great. The other point of view is that it's, it's hard enough to listen for 15 minutes, so why add visuals? However lovely, why put the content on a slide rather than making the papers available for later reading or perhaps making it available online? My view, and it's very singular to so take it with a grain of a large grain of salt, is that PowerPoint can serve a purpose in some settings but rarely adds much to an aar SDL presentation. The shorter the paper, I think the less you need PowerPoint or anything else. I recently read a paper I won't mention whose paper it was, but I recently read a paper and then I went through the Croward point, which I also received. And I concluded that I learned exactly nothing from the slides and everything from the paper. Hmm. On the other hand, um, people learn differently. And how many times have you listened to a presentation when the presenter messed up the slides? Or as we had an hour or two hours ago, the computer or the projector malfunctioned? Or the presenter apologized? How much time does it take to apologize for technology that doesn't work, people running around with computers, not to mention that the lights which are usually dimmed for PowerPoint are a quick route to a nap, at least for me. So I just wanna say that in this digital, no, it's true, you know, oh, they're gonna dim the lights, well, good night. I'm not saying (laughs) don't use technology. I can understand that it is normative in many circles. I have a teenager, don't worry, I know all about this. But I would go easy on technology in this setting. It can be a smoke screen for lack of preparation which violates our first principle. And for heaven's sake, if you're gonna use it, please double check, triple check, quadruple check that it works, and then if it doesn't work, you know how to fix it. I have sent through more abandoned PowerPoints than I care to remember. It does not inspire confidence in you as a speaker to mess up a PowerPoint or to drone on about the problems that you have on your hands. Um, it just takes all of our time, and I think that's rude. I suggest using technology sparingly in this setting. That doesn't mean I hate it, that I don't use it, but in this setting, I would use it sparingly. Even this morning, Teresa, it was your computer that was up here this morning that we had to struggle with, and you know, not, 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 not Teresa's a dear friend, so I'm not, I'm not ragging on her, but I'm saying, that's an example of what it takes they checked it. It worked in the rehearsal, and guess what? When it was time to give the paper, it didn't work, and it cost us at least five minutes, which, out of a one-hour session, is a lot of time. So, just, just—it's a cautionary note. That it was not a cranky older person's anti-technology raid. Um, I have a teenager. I repeat. Third, aim at your particular audience. An AAR paper is not a TED talk, but neither is it a sermon. It's not a red version of an article you hope to publish in a journal. It's a way to communicate a limited amount of information in an equally limited amount of time to an equally limited audience. As such, it requires everything that I've already talked about. Preparation, practice, listening to your audience, going easy on technology, and concentrating on how you can best showcase your unique and important ideas in your unique and important way. And I think that's really exciting, but it's complicated. There are deeply entrenched white, male, cisgender, US-based approaches that many people seek to imitate so as to deal with the power dynamics at this meeting. I understand that. <coughs> someone from the hiring committee might be sitting there and some might someone from the publishing world whom you hope will take your book. But if you preach instead of teach, or if you fly over the heads of most of the people in your audience, most of whom are not experts on your topic, you will not do yourself any favor. But if you seek honestly and simply to communicate with other human beings who want to hear what you have to say in your way, in your style, and how best you do it, then I think you've hit the right note. So let's aim at your particular audience. P-L-E-S, stop on time. There is no excuse not to stop. Just plain, plumb, stop. I have observed some of those boorish behavior on the score. People who ignore the timekeeper, as I said earlier. People who speak as long as they wish because then there'll be no time for questions and answers and no one can touch their work. People who prepare a 30-page paper for a 15-minute time slot and then think they can just hop, skip, and jump through it, making what the Irish call a dog's dinner of the whole mess. Well, let me just jump to my last point. Um, let me say, su- no, if you're jumping to your last point. You know what's in between. I don't know what's in between. So at least if you have a longer presentation, don't admit it. Just stop when your time is up. If you didn't prepare accordingly, stop anyway and get it right the next time. Because it really doesn't do anybody any good and I think we should be much more uh, specific about this as presiders and I'll talk about that next year if anybody has any lingering interest. Did you watch the debate earlier this week? The floor with the moderators? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the yes. best debate we've had, I think. Many people agreed, especially before the press, because they were very clear. Here's the question, here's the answer. No, you don't get to talk about it. Here's the question, here's, it's like, you know, nursery school, this is the question, now you put your coat on. Now you, there's no discussing about it. This is how it works. We agree that this is the framework, and this is what we're And it was lovely, and people got a lot of stuff in. But, and there was nothing coercive about it. It wasn't <laughs> nasty, but they didn't simply oh, okay, well, you know, let him go, and let her go, and then she'll go, and then, you no, know, if you start there, it doesn't work, because then everybody wants to take a little more time. So, to be very, very clear about this, both as a speaker and as, uh, as a respondent, and also particularly as a designer. P-L-E-A-S-E, evaluate your performance. You can't undo a presentation, but you can evaluate it and learn from it. This is not always a pleasant task. I have had to watch myself on video make very foolish mistakes. I have decided that my hair makes me look like a skinned monkey next to someone who has big hair. I have winced at some of my own bad jokes or offside comments that have gotten me in trouble and didn't work. The instant replay is not always pretty, but it can help and improve future performances. I recommend it. Everybody can have an off day that happens, but if you can observe some of your own behavioral tics, your speech patterns and are willing to change them, then evaluation is for you. Ask a trusted friend to critique your work. She or he is still or they are still going to love you no matter what. Let your kids watch. They will be very honest and tell you. But above all, let the evaluation be as important as the preparation because it is, after all, the next step toward your next presentation. So with that, I thank you for your time and attention. I hope these hints and glimpses of what it takes to make an AAR presentation look effortless will help you to do just that. And now is our chance to talk with each other. So I'm going to suggest that we um, do it in two ways. It's 1218. We have until 1245. So I suggest that we take the first five minutes and just talk to one other person. Maybe take a moment of silence together and write your last notes to yourself. And then we'll take Max five minutes. Let's take one moment of silence to get our own thoughts in order. Then we'll take five minutes to talk to somebody and then we'll open it up. Okay? Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. So just take a moment of silence and then I'll invite us to talk with one person. (laughs) <laughs> so, take a moment to talk with somebody next to you that you maybe haven't talked to before. Especially if you if you came together and find somebody else. Can You all, no, you don't. Oh, no, no. Oh, God, did that come to you? Do we Allora fai altri 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 ma se lei ha altri problemi